Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a health bar tastes like a candy bar. Visit BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. Well, you might not be able to take a bite or taste this podcast, but I think you will still get a sugar high because of the audio that will be nourishing your eardrums here shortly. We've got a great interview planned on this episode of Locked On Bruins. Want to first of all welcome you in. I'm Brian Fenley. Happy Friday. Hopefully you can use this podcast to kickstart the fun that you're hoping to have this weekend. I am on Twitter and if you follow me there, Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y, you have free reign to a whole massive list of UCLA exclusive content that I've done. Interviews, of football players, basketball players, coaches, you name it, even tennis stars. And that will continue with this interview going up there on the social media page as well. Our guest today, yes, he does have ties to UCLA. And you're going to say, well, what are you talking about? But just hold on. USC basketball player, former Trojan in Jeff Trepanier, who was involved, invested in some very tenacious, gruesome battles against the Bruins in the early 2000s and late 90s against the likes of Earl Watson and Baron Davis, will be joining us. And nowadays, Jeff is in charge or partially in charge of Compton Magic, which is the premium AAU program in the country. And it has been spoon-feeding talent to UCLA, including several players on the Bruins roster currently are product of that AAU program that was in part and is in part run by Jeff. So we're going to get Jeff's perspective on those players and what he saw from them when they went through his own program and to how they're going to fit into the mold of what McCronin is trying to do. Plus, how has Compton Magic become the gold standard for producing and manufacturing the best talent in the country? Why is that particular team the hotbed for future NBA talent? He will explain that as well. Let's get to that interview. There's this unwritten rule that, and I think we should make it mainstream, where you don't know basketball until you know the inner workings of the AAU game and its influence on college basketball and the pros. And there's no better person to talk about this with us than you might remember him. I certainly do as a UCL, you, how dare I? Sacrilegious, <laughs> USC standout in Dr Jeff Trepanier, and he is now director of basketball operations for Compton Magic, which is undisputably the, the, the best AAU program in the country. Jeff, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So you, Jeff, were the first member of the Compton Magic to make it to the NBA, and now it has become a frenzy of players that have made their way to the league. And we've seen a lot of UCLA guys come through there, a lot of USC guys. How has it become such a mega breeding ground for the best talent in the country? Man, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Uh, A-Top has put together an awesome program. 
you know, it's it's homegrown. It's just uh, it's authentic. You know, it's family oriented, and I think that that's a lot. You know, those things help build a, a quality program, and we all feel like family over here. So you know, it's just that's how it is. Jeff Trepanier joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Trepanier. I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Quickly back to your USC days. The showcase event, I think it was a dunk contest that you were a part of during your college days. Mm-hmm. When you took off for that jam that has made the rounds virally on YouTube and all that, was your head above the rim? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing I could do was jump. So you had that, and you went on to be a second-round draft pick in the NBA, played a few years there, then circled the globe playing internationally. Mm-hmm. And what was it about your experiences at the NBA level, at the overseas level, that you're able to impart on these players? Because we're seeing – a lot of UCLA guys, a lot of USC guys come through Compton Magic and then go on to the league and the, and the NBA. Well, you know, um, it's a process. You know, uh, every, everybody can't make it. Fortunately, we had a lot of guys that have made it. Um, and, I mean, you know if you're good enough. You, you, you know if you're good enough to uh, play at the highest level or overseas or whatever level you play at. I think you pretty much have an idea and, uh, you know, these guys work hard at it and uh, they come in, you know, you get a lot of exposure with the company magic. So everybody's watching. Uh, you get to go to a good D one D two, you know, uh, and just, you know, if you, if you produce, you get it, it'll pay off. Producing top talent, winning a whole lot on the AAU circuit. What is it about Jeff, the philosophy of what you do, and your coworkers with Compton Magic that separate themselves from any other AAU team and make you the dominant force that you are and, like I said, the undisputed champ? Um, I, I, like I said, I think that the biggest thing is, is we're like family. And, gotcha. you know, family, you can, you can tell them the truth. And so uh, all the coaches, we always get together and talk, um, you know, if – we really don't have any problems between each other, but like if if one coach sees something, they'll they'll tell the coach and he won't get mad. You know, he'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. And uh, during the AAU games, like all the coaches, if one team isn't playing, the others will come sit on the bench and help out. So it's it's really just everybody sticking together and working hard and complimenting each other. How do you decide upon who is good enough or who fits the mold that you guys are trying to bring about as far as players that can play for you for Compton Magic? Um, well, you know, you just have to be a, a hard worker, uh, obviously a good player, but uh, it's, it's, it's also the parents. Sure. Uh, you have good parents because the parents could sabotage a team if it's not the right parents, you know. Uh, it's a it's a lot of parent coaches on the sideline. And, um, we haven't we haven't had that, fortunately. But uh, you know, it's just talented guys looking for the big picture. You know, everybody's working together, and everybody knows if the team is good, everybody's going to get a chance. Everybody's going to get a shot. I'm sure that you, when you're recruiting players, like you said, you're recruiting parents, making sure that they're not going to infiltrate and mess things up because there's a chemistry that you all have that you don't want 
to be broken up. When those guys get to that decision, when you have players under your umbrella that are now making their minds up as to what school they go to or do, you know, maybe if we get rid of that one-year rule that you'll have guys jumping back into the league from high school. But how do you advise your players on where they should potentially go after they're done with Compton Magic? Well, uh, the majority of the guys, uh, they, they know where they want to go. Uh, they, they know the market in college. Um, they know if this is a good fit for them. And we don't really try to, you know, guide them to certain schools. We just, you know, we'd rather them make that decision on their own. But like I said, uh, these guys are old enough to know what they're capable of and what program they fit in the best way. When you think about your own experiences playing and at USC as we go back to those days, the heated rivalry between UCLA and I asked you, you know, did you have any friends on that team? And you're like, you know, not really at that point. But have you been close with anybody on that UCLA side of things when you were playing against them to this day from when you were there, early 2000s, late 90s? Uh, uh, I mean – I see a lot of guys. Uh, we, well, we haven't been since everything's been shut down. But uh, right. Santa Monica uh, College, you know, we play on Sundays. Okay. Uh, Baron is always up there. Ah. Uh, I keep in touch with Earl, Matt, um, Travis, Travis Reed. Uh, it's it's a few few guys from my oh Jerome Oiso. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a few of them that I keep in contact with, and we're pretty cool. What I'm getting at here, Jeff, is that you're more cool with the guys now than during your playing days because over time it softens the intensity uh, of the angst of the rivalry and now you guys are able to interact more and the differences are not so pronounced. More with Jeff in just a moment, but first a quick reminder that if you find yourself looking for food in the pantry and you don't know what to do because you want something that tastes great but also is healthy for you, Built Bar is the solution. Our friends at Built Bar have developed great tasting bars that also are good for you. They are low carb, low sugar, high on protein in chocolate, in peanut butter. Go to BuiltBar.com and you type in the keyword locked on and you will get $10 off your first order. Again, builtbar.com. Type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. Your coach was Henry Bibby, and he obviously went to UCLA and was a player there under John Wooden. So when he was coaching you, would he ever bring up Woodenisms? And what did that look like if he did? No, actually, actually he didn't. <laughs> but I tell you one thing, he was an awesome coach. Like he he knew he knew a lot of basketball. Like um offensively we had over like a hundred plays and everybody, yeah, everybody got touches. It was it was options for everybody. Uh in game situations, he was awesome. Uh and one thing that I'll never forget, and uh he never tried to embarrass you like during the game. But when we get in that locker room, <laughs> head off. But he would never do it, like, you know, on the court and try to embarrass you. He just kept it in-house, and that was one of the things that really helped our team out. Do you remember something that you could share where he was playfully poking fun at you that you can remember from those experiences? 
Yeah. Uh, one time we were playing against Cal. Okay. And at this time, you couldn't uh, you couldn't dunk in the warmups. Oh. And I, I dunked in the warm. I dunked as soon as I dunked. The refs were walking out and hit me with a tech before the game started. Wow. And so I ended up not starting uh, the game. And then uh, we when we got in the locker room, he uh, he really got on me for that. And he he started me. I played the rest of the game, but when we when we got in that locker room, he he really uh, tore me a new one. <laughs> <laughs> who was when you played UCLA? Who was the most like agonizing player on the other team that was you know talking? I mean, you, and you guys might even be friends now, but like at, at that time when you were both in college playing, was like talking the most trash or was the hardest to guard or was just kind of like a pest out there trying to get inside USC players' heads? Uh, Baron was good. They had they had a lot of good players, but I think Baron was like the most like ferocious player they had at the time we were playing. He was aggressive offensively, defensively. Uh, one time we were playing, it was a home game for us. He like ripped the ball from me and went down and dunked on me. I was mad, but <laughs> like Baron, he, he, was, he was good. So I, I think Baron. But your vertical leap, and Jeff Trepanier is, is with us, former USC basketball player, now uh, basketball operations for Compton Magic. What was your vertical leap at your prime? It was, it was north of 40 inches, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was around 42. Wow. So if you, when you are consulting with players and you're talking about, yeah, you have the athleticism, what else can you use? I mean, because would you like, looking back now, I know everybody's talked about it, but as far as developing that jump shot that you, that you were always looking to add, is that part of your game that you think that when you look back, you could have tweaked a little bit or, or refined that a little bit more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I could have worked on that a lot more. And uh, that, that's, that's the thing. The kids these days are in the gym. They're in the gym working, like all the kids. And uh, I really wasn't that committed on working on my game because I was so athletic. You know, I just got by a lot, of, a lot of the time. So I really didn't fully commit myself on working on it as much as I should have. Best dunk of your career. What was it? The best dunk of my career, I was probably against Cal. It was up there uh, my senior year, and it was a tip jam. We were down, but it was a tip jam, like, on almost the whole team. And it just brought our team together, shut the crowd up, and we ended up winning the game. So I think probably that one. And when you were being recruited, Jeff, to USC, what I've read is that, you know, you had some challenges. I think you, you had been open about the grades, and you were trying to figure out how to make – yourself eligible and then not a lot of guys on the staff believed in you but Henry did so what led you to getting a chance to play for USC well uh like you said Henry believed uh coach Dominguez Sylvie Dominguez I came to a couple of my Compton High games uh David Miller came to some of my games and then once uh coach Bibby came to my game he was like oh we we have to do whatever <laughs> we need to do to get him because the game he came to I think I had like seven or eight dunks like yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So when he saw that game, he was like, okay, we got to get him here. You're an incredible success story. How did you get out of Compton, make this basketball career happen, play professionally? And now what you're doing is great work mentoring kids and giving them your wisdom from your own experiences. Uh, it has a lot to do with my parents. I, I grew up in a two-parent household. Uh, they made sure I didn't uh, get into any trouble. 
And uh, they really stayed on my back, uh, pushing me in school, uh, sports-wise. And, um, you know, had a great support staff. Like, when I got to my first year at Compton High, uh, that was the first year A-Tope and Rob Palmer, my high school coach, when that, uh-huh. that was the first year they came in. And so they, uh, they saw something in me that I didn't even see. And they stayed on me, too. They kept pushing me the whole time I was there. And you're pushing a lot of these players to do big things as in charge of basketball operations. I just look from from a UCLA perspective here. The latest that just got some great news was Johnny Juzang and that he has the transfer waiver. So was with you guys, then went to Kentucky, and now will be eligible immediately for UCLA. You've had a chance to watch this guy grow and develop in front of your eyes What's going to make him such a special piece to what Mick Cronin is, is doing in Westwood? Uh, he's, a, he's a great offensive weapon. You know, uh, as, as a, just a basketball player, everybody has to work on their game, but he, he's the type of guy that can just go in right away and play, come in and knock down some shots. You know, uh, just, he's, he's, a, he's a good all-around player. He's a good all-around player now. He's going to help them out a lot. What was it like getting to know him when he was a youngster and, and, and seeing him change even off the court? It was, it was cool. It was cool. You know, uh, he has an awesome family. And uh, that was, like I said, that's the key to our, our program. Yeah. And so everybody, everybody uh, just, you know, loves each other. And just watching him come into his own was, was good. I mean, he really put the work in and it paid off. It's seemingly the case for Jalen Clark, who is putting the work in. It is paying mm-hmm. off. And I've, and I've heard this, and I believe it. He's, he's the best two-way player in the 2020 class, why do you believe that that statement is correct? Because uh, I know you've heard the statement that he he, he has that dog in him. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just tough, gritty. Uh, Did he, he learn that from down. you? Did you teach him that? No, he, he has it. He, <laughs> he had it already. He had it already. But, uh, I mean, he, he's just tough, tough. He, he, he never backs down. He accepts the challenge offensively, defensively. And he never lets up. No letting up anytime soon with our conversation with USC standout Jeff Trepanier, who was also partially in charge of the AAU squad Compton Magic. I am going to put him on the spot next and ask him the viability and the probability of the NBA going back to the format where they would allow high school players to declare to the draft. Where does he stand on that issue? You will hear right after this. Beyond those guys, like looking at look Jalen Hill, Jalen Hands. I mean, the list goes on and on. TJ TJ Leaf. Mm-hmm. How have you had just? And I know you're a USC guy, but you support your players no matter where they go. But mm-hmm. what's it been like to see so many UCLA guys run through your program and? play well there and then they're getting their shots obviously in the league it's, it's it feels good i mean ucla has has the tradition you know why not why not go there you know uh they're a basketball school and uh i mean ucla it's, it's a good school they have an awesome campus you know like i said they have tradition so i mean it's, it's no problem on my end where the guys pick and as long as they you know go to college and, and do something we're, we're good with that how about the, the guys that are a little bit older, like Aaron Aflalo and even older, you know, than that, that you've seen come through? So, like, and, and Aaron is from, from Compton as well. Mm-hmm. So, you guys have become such role models for, for the younger 
generation that is coming up now. When you think about the younger generation, what are some of the, the roadblocks that they face? These highly anticipated, hyped players in, in what they're trying to achieve with the, the distractions and the outside noise. Like, what are the, the things that you're trying to tell them to, to kind of be wary of as they sift through their career and, and build up their brand? Uh, just to tell them to try to keep their head on straight, uh, not to get a big head, uh, you know, tunnel vision, uh, keep the company around you small, make sure you know who's around you. Don't, you know, you can't have bad company around you because they'll bring you down, you know, just, uh, just regular life lessons, you know, uh, and the good thing about our program is all our alumni are, they, uh, the kids have access to them. Wow. They totally get in touch with any of us at any time. And, you know, if anybody needs to talk, they can, they can talk to us. What's one kid that came into your program and had the most radical transformation that you can think of off the top of your mind? Uh, I, I would say me. I would say me. Like all, oh. all, all, all our kids, all our kids now are pretty good. But like uh, myself, I would say uh, David Hamilton. He, he played at Compton High with me. I went to Auburn. Uh, you know, we, all, all the ones from my, like my class, like my generation, I think we all had like tough challenges just coming from the inner city and so much stuff going on around us. I mean, David got shot one, one night before a game and ended up playing for, uh, in the playoffs for Compton High. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot of challenges for us. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to another interview you were doing and you, you kind of were chronicling some of the the violence that you had to deal with, how did you get through all of that? And, and, and what were those distractions that did come through when you were growing up? Uh, well, growing up in Compton, uh, it was drive-bys all the time. I mean, we, we witnessed countless drive-bys. I mean, sometimes we'll be coming from the park and somebody starts shooting, you start running, you can hear the bullets flying past your head. Like walking home from school, I mean, it was always a chance you might get jumped or shot at. And uh, I think if you play the sport, so uh, most of the guys will recognize that you're not like really like that, and they'll give you a pass. And so that was, that was a big thing. Because uh, one time, this was my freshman year at SC, I was back in Compton. I was like at the auto zone or something, like mm -hmm. getting something from my car. And I had on my SC gear, so it was like all burgundy. And it was, it was a guy named Lickup who was like, you lucky you play ball. And like, yeah, like that. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. But uh, I think when guys see that you're an athlete and you're doing good, they, they, they give you a pass. Your NBA experience being a second-round draft pick, what was the most memorable part of that time for you? I know you were there for three different years in the NBA with two different teams, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the, the defining moment for you there that, that you will brag about to your, to your family and to your friends? Was it a play? Was it a game you had? Was it something that you, you said? Or, or, or what was the if, – if there was a trophy for, for something you did in the NBA, what would the, the writing on the bottom say? <laughs> so I, I have two moments. Okay. Uh, one uh, home game against uh, the Lakers in Denver. I, I ripped the ball from Kobe. I, I, I always brag about that. 
and I have a picture like right 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 after I ripped the ball from him, and then another one uh, when I was guarding uh, the goat Michael Jordan. Wow. Yeah, I got to, I got an opportunity to play against him. So yeah, those were my two. Did I see Jeff and Jeff Trepanier joins his former USC basketball player and now helping lead Compton Magic? That you were a career two and zero against Michael Jordan. Is yep. that Yep. <laughs> but not I mean, a lot of people was, can say that. Right. He he was on his way out and he was in Washington, but yep, two and zero. <laughs> wow, two and zero. Yeah, you should make like a T-shirt for that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is your take, Jeff, on? what the NCAA might do about the one-year rule, like it sounds like there's more momentum building that kids eventually will be able to go to the league from high school again. Do you see that in the near future in how things might go back to what it used to be? It has to. It has to. I mean, if, if, you're, uh, if you're 18 and you, you're, you're physically ready to do it, I, I, don't have, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, I, one year doesn't really change you. So I think, I think you have to uh, get rid of it. To just let them come out of high school. What about the, the G League and what they're trying to do? Because there's this pull as they start this academy, and then they're taking away some of those five-star guys from playing in, in the college game. I think, that's, I think that's good. I mean, it gives them um, opportunity other than college uh, to make some money and play against pros. So I think that's a good thing. But uh, I think the overall – the overall, in the overall scheme of things, they just have to let them go from high school. Do you think the college game will not be as good, the level of talent, or do you think that it still is going to be okay if we go back to that model of having guys go pro from high school? Yeah, for sure, because everybody can't do it. Yeah, Everybody can't do it. So it'll be maybe five, five to ten guys exploring the waters but I, yeah, college will be fine. I know that's what I don't understand. Some people get like so scared or, or worried. Like when Dacian Nix decided to go to the G League and pull away from his recruitment from the the UCLA Bruins, it was like, oh my gosh, are we seeing like the end times here for good college mm -hmm. basketball? And no, it's just the select few, like you said, you exactly. have to be good exactly. enough, right? So, right. And, and it's, tons, it's tons of players out there. There's tons of players. Yeah. How are you guys doing as a program? It, it looks like stuff, fingers crossed, is starting to open up. People are being more, you know, comfortable about getting out. And, and as far as the schedule, getting back to playing, where is Compton Magic? And how soon might you be able to get those things in, in tournaments and scrimmages and practices going again? Right now, we're just really playing it by ear. Sure. We're playing it by ear. We're just waiting for the green light. And once we get that, then it's, you know, full speed, full throttle. Man. Well, I can't wait to follow what you guys do when you get back onto the court. We've had so many Jalen Hands speak so highly of you and, and the work that you're all doing. And TJ Leaf and the list goes on. Compton Magic, the industry model for how you run an AAU program. It is a feeder for the top talent in the country, and it is made possible in part by the, the great work of Jeff Trepanier, former <laughs> U.S. basketball player who was so kind to join us here on the podcast. Jeff, when the, uh, the quarantine goes away, I'd love to check out your guys' play and love to meet you and talk some hoops, man. I do Absolutely. appreciate this Absolutely. in the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure.